What you want to talk about? Aliens. Aliens? <laughs> that's what comes to your mind. Okay. Yes. Well, a couple of things. Yeah. We did read a really interesting book about aliens, but it's not... It's the, the title is not... This book is about aliens. The title is a bit odd, actually, if you're picking a title. It's kind of like... The title Isn't... is a bit of a riff on the book itself because yeah. it's uh, called The Naked Bible. Yes. Which, naked Bible. Naked Bible, you think naked Bible, you're thinking, hmm. What does that mean? What does that even mean? Right. So it was written by a fella named Mauro Biglino. And it's a strangely written book in the... Third person, first third person. Third person, first person. Yeah. <laughs> third person, second person. <laughs> Translated English to Italian type. Oh, yeah, Italian to English. Italian to English. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it is actually a fascinating book. Yeah, this the one. Book. That one's the easiest to read. The one before that is uh, something about um, uh, after you read this, you never think of the Bible the same again. That's like the title of the book. Oh, okay. And that was I was reading to you a little bit last night, where it was very oh, difficult. It very wasn't good. really narrative. It was more like it's very difficult. To here's the grasp. literal words. Here's the literal translation from what was it Hebrew or Hebrew. something? Hebrew. Hebrew to English in the order they're in. Yeah. And here's the words that uh, they say. Yeah. And then uh, the part that goes a bit wonky is the words translation, right? Mm -hmm. When they translate a word like Elohim, they translate that to say God. So when you read the book and it says God, but it actually said Elohim. Elohim, Elohim is the name of a species. Supposedly translation or tribe. of Hebrew into English. Yeah. Or Italian or whatever, but the the drill word in the original ish, because even then original, which one's original? Right. The way that it's written is uh, Elohim, for example. Mm -hmm. And it's a plural, anyways. Yeah. And it means a species, a person. I mean, a a type of person. And there was more than more one than one Elohim. There were many, many. Yeah, but different tribes. Yeah. Yeah. But so so a couple of things that nuts and, yeah, yeah the nuts and bolts of the naked Bible book was that his premise is that as a translator translating um it wasn't a religious book at all he said yeah, it was a historical book a historical account of one tribe mm -hmm. and we're talking about the old testament okay right uh-huh yeah. <laughs> yeah that's what you told me <laughs> yeah old and on part of the new because okay. the new is based on the old isn't it I don't know. I don't think so. I'm not really a Bible scholar, Bible scholar, obviously. No. But uh, what, just to set the scene, mm -hmm. okay, he 
was a student and fascinated. He's just fascinated with language, right? Mm-hmm. Hebrew and whatever these languages. And he was um, enamored with the idea of translating texts. Mm-hmm. It's just something he really, really found fascinating, you know? Yes. And so for some reason or other, he got a hold of a text in the original language of, I think it was in Hebrew, right? Yes. Don't hold me to the details, but essentially <laughs> he got a copy of a manuscript in the Hebrew and he went through to translate it and he checked his translation against somebody else's translation, the official translation, to see that he was doing right. Mm-hmm. And as he went through, he found there was a, a correction. Yes. It's like, oh my, it looks like they've mistranslated this word. Yes. So he wrote a letter to the Vatican per- people in charge of the translations, said, here's what I found. Um, would you check and see if I'm correct? And he only barely expected an answer because, you know, the Vatican, they're very, very busy. Right, right. Well, and they must turns... know the right translation. <laughs> yes, I mean, they I mean, They're the authority. <clears throat> well, he got a letter back um, yeah. quite quickly, which made him feel so good. He's so proud because he got recognized. And they said, mm-hmm. yeah, you're right. That's a good, uh, good catch. Thank you. If you find any more, let us know. Yeah. So now he has a man with a mission. Yeah. You know, so he went to do the whole thing. He went thing. to do it. And he kept doing it and doing it. And as he did, and he generated and made this, uh, created this relationship with the, uh, the Vatican Vatican translations part. And mm-hmm. the, he did such a great job. They asked him if he'd like to come help them, mm-hmm. I think, by translating some documents that they hadn't uh, yet translated because he was doing a bang up job. Yeah, he was. And as he did, he found, oh, geez, this isn't a, uh, religious text this is a history text a yeah. history literal history if i take if we translate certain words into other words they don't actually mean that and then historically he found when those translations were swapped and changed yeah. into something else like the word spiritual was never there or spirit was never there you know there's lots of things that were never there and would just change to support the power structure of the time yeah, basically. So, yeah, interesting. Right, and so the... Oh, and the other part that was really interesting to me, and this is something that I had picked up before, um, when Cain, I think it was, that left... Cain and Abel, those ones. When he left heaven, he went off and started living with other humans, mm. with other people. Oh, or yeah. some One of them did. And he was like, wait a minute, if... The only humans were in heaven. Where did these other people come no, from? No, 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 no. It was, was it? Garden of Eden. Eden, yeah. In Eden, but the Eden is a garden, yes, but a garden like a, a walled um, village. Yes. And inside is called a garden. Yeah. And inside the walled garden, these uh, beings lived, Cain, yeah. Abel, whatever, and they had uh, Adamites, and they had... Um, Elohim, and they had El, I think El might be the singular of Elohim, which mm-hmm. were plural. Mm-hmm. And they have uh, one one Elohim in charge of the garden, I suppose. He'd mm-hmm. be the boss of the village or something like that. At any rate, one of them, Cain and Abel, remember, they one killed the other or something? Yeah. And so the one got kicked out. Mm-hmm. When he got kicked out, he was afraid of being kicked out because he would be killed. Yeah, by others. By the other tribes and yes. the other people. Other the humans that were outside of there. And at the time, right, what you're saying is at the time we were to believe that those were the only humans. Yeah. Yeah. But they weren't. Right. Something like that. So, um 
And also... The other bit that was interesting to me even years ago, yeah. that was one of them, so yeah. where did those other humans come from then? Was a little bit at the start of the Bible where they said something like in the nature of, and God made man in their own image. Mm-hmm. And it's like, wait, that's plural. Right. Right, and that's plural, plural, but most people try say it out loud as like singular, singular his, right. his own image. But it's actually plural. I remember it was random. There was this Bible somewhere, probably in a hotel. I randomly opened it. Well, it was, no, it couldn't have been a hotel because that's a new Bible. Um, but it's somebody's house. Opened it randomly and I read that bit and I thought, wait a minute, what? <laughs> and then the another part that actually was pointed out to me by a guy, a Chilean guy who was uh, in university studying philosophy he was in like 30s or something. When I was about 14, he was my mom's boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And um, he came in and said, hey, did you know that uh, UFOs are in the Bible? And I was like, what? Yeah, right. <laughs> he says, yeah, look, right here. And he opened it up and he says, yeah, we studied it today in university. Look at it. And it's like a circle within a circle that floats and blah, blah, and this and the other. And I'm like, whoa, that's like a wheel within a wheel and blah, blah, blah. It's like, oh my gosh, yeah. And if you if you see it from that perspective, it, I mean, it makes nonsensical unless you see it as a vehicle that floats. Right, but that's the thing. <laughs> when you enter into reading it and you have a presupposed, this is a religious text that's a God made the universe or the world and or he didn't or that's only a solely religious thing and it has to do with God and Jesus yeah. and what. The fables and the allegories yeah. and all that. When you enter into it reading it that way, you see, you, you see, see that. Yeah, you see that. You see, oh, a wheel within, well, what are they actually meant? What does that really it's, mean? It is the wheel of spirit and the it's, wheel of the divine of the and divine whatever. You know, so they, they translate it that way, right? This is what right. they actually mean is blah, 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 blah. But what it says is this, but what they actually mean is blah, 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 blah. Oh, it actually means what meant... God meant by that is blah blah blah, or John meant by that whatever, right? Which yeah, which which, that's the thing about our reality anyway. When mm. you presuppose things going in, then you see what you what presuppose, yeah. or you believe it to be about. But and I've seen you... it even with my teachings. People, I've seen them post on our Telegram or whatever. You know, oh, when Elia says blah blah blah, what, what she, she really actually means? means is blah 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 blah, and I have to say, actually, no, that's not what I meant at all. Read it literally because that's how I write, you know. When you were um, when you were working with the Buddhists in Ireland, was it? Yeah. I remember this story, and this relates specifically, kind of, to what we're talking about right now. Yes. Where they had a bit of a rift in the Buddhists, which is kind of hilarious. If you ask Mm -hmm. me, it's just like the Garden Club. We have the rift in the Garden Club, and the cops got called because you know (laughs) we weren't growing our vegetables the right way. Or in the right place, or <laughs> who's the boss of the vegetables? Right. <laughs> in the, uh, you don't expect garden clubs to have problems like the oh, police Buddhists. need to be called. And the same thing with Buddhists. Um, I don't know what sects. What would you call it? Yeah, they call them schools. Well, Buddhist schools. We didn't think the Buddhist schools would get in fights with each other, but oh, within within the within school, right? themselves, right? Yeah. I guess. I guess just tell the story a little bit. Well, with regards to this particular aspect of interpretation, right. the original teachings clearly stay. The original teachings came from a guy uh, in Japan in the 17th century or something like that. 
And I thought it was fabulous teachings because they were accurate, but mm -hmm. also because he taught equality, not just equality among men of different demographics, but equality between men and women. Scientists in Japan, equality between men and women by Gatsun Kai, you know, who studied all the sutras and decided the Lotus Sutra was it, you know, because mm -hmm. it was the most accurate. And then he started interpreting or teaching, actually, his, his um, understanding of the Lotus Sutra with regards to Japanese society. And he, he never said it was more than that, right? And he started teaching the sutras. I mean, the sutra, um, the, which, yeah. So, for example, somebody would say, I'm having issues with my husband. And he would say, okay, so this is what, uh, if we look at the sutra, the Lotus Sutra, then you and your husband are equal and blah, 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 right? So he said, there will be one day that my teachings are turning into a religion. And if that happens, make sure that you, you learn and everybody's taught that they have to study my material, ori the, my original material, and understand that there are letters to different people in different circumstances. Um, but never accept somebody else's interpretation of my work. He said this. Never go into interpreting my work as a, as a priest or a layman. And never... When somebody gives you their interpretation of my work, just don't do it. Either go back to the Lotus Sutra yourself, or just take mine and you know see if that works for you. And it carried on like this, you know. And when I joined that group and I was studying his work and everything, because it's not called a religion; it's called a school, a teaching that you learn, and tools for living. Um, I thought it was marvelous and very, very accurate and fabulous, I thought. And then one day, I had a dream about the the leader of the school because, well, within the school actually split while I was in it. <laughs> the priest went one way and the lay people went the other way. And then the lay people had a leader. And I had a dream where the lay leader was, was in the middle of this massive crowd and and then he was becoming elevated doo, 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 in kind of a stage thing. Up and up and up and up he went. And he was like, you know, teaching and this and then speaking and that. And everybody below was going, yeah, like this. And I thought, mm -hmm. oh, no, you know, this is not good. This is this is really not good. This is the opposite of what the Lotus Sutra teaches and also what Nichiren Daishonin, which was a Japanese guy from back in the 17th century, was teaching. It's the opposite, the opposite. I, I don't know if it was the 17th century. It could have been the 14th. <laughs> Some numbers. It was way, way back. Long it could time. have been 14th, actually. Um, but anyways, I had that dream and I went to the leaders of Ireland, the Buddhist leaders in Ireland. I said, look, you have to be aware. You have to send a message that this is happening and you have to be aware that it's. I think it's going to be taken over by his ego. And then... These are the signs to look out for. If if you ever get an email or whatever saying we have to disregard the Lotus Sutra or Nietzsche and Dashani's teaching and just learn his teachings, then we're screwed. I said this to the leadership of the country. And they said, that will never happen. No, 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 no. And I said, well, I had already proven that I have certain capacities and abilities with regards to seeing timelines, energy lines and the future, let's say. 
And um, and I said, well, just be aware that if this happens. And she said, you know, she said, I've noticed that people are trying to do that to him, to elevate him in authority. And But he will never, ever do that. He won't. He won't betray us like that. It was only like three years later or something like that, that that's exactly what happened. Everybody got their, the, the magazine and the newsletters and everything, the, the, saying, okay, so because we're in modern society and people are having such an issue, uh-huh. understanding the teachings. We need to interpret them. So, so Taisaku Ikeda, which is a local, the, the regular modern one, te- learn, um, leader of the lay people, is going to interpret everything for us so we don't have to worry about it. And not only that, we're going to change our daily practice from mm-hmm. what Nichiren Dashonin taught. We're going to do the modern version because, you know, we're busy. So we don't have an hour in the morning, an hour at night to do these meditations and this practice. We're going to do a shortened version and here it is. And I'm like, oh my God, there it is, right? So it's like, do delete everything. And I, you know, I moved away from that group because I knew it had been hijacked. I knew it was already getting into the power of others game, which was never, it was never that way before. Right? It was never the power of others game before. So that was interesting to me, and I think that uh, even in those teachings, he would he would teach that that sooner or later um, a priesthood would develop of any teaching, and then the priesthood would get corrupted, and then you know all these things. You know, he taught these things, and this is the signs. And then if it wasn't the priesthood, then the leaders of the lay people, right? So, yeah, it was it was kind of disappointing uh, to see all my friends and stuff go down that path because I thought they would know better. And I'm not actually sure if all of them did, but I know that some of them are still extremely active and seeing, still leading, like, large groups of Buddhists. Um, and to me, it's like leading them down the wrong path, mm. right? And... So yeah, it's it was it was disappointing to say the least. But yeah, it's very similar to what we saw. So basically, in, that in a book. sense, you experienced what process the what we call the Bible now would have gone through. Yeah, it would have been written in a language that you know, at the time, especially, not many people read or write. Right. So you had to have someone interpret the reading. Right. And in later years, it was used as you know. You need to translate from what was written into another language entirely, which you can't read and you can't write, and you certainly can't translate. So our translation will be, who's going to pay the translators, right? Right. <laughs> People in power, they have their money. The educated ones that are in uh, whatever their monasteries or however, mm. however it goes at the time. Yeah. And at one point, then you go from this word has been translated to this word, we don't even look at that it's the word uh, that has been translated to this. We just assume that word means that word now. Mm-hmm. Even though the basis for that translation is completely fictional, mm-hmm. at the point where you learn to do things, it isn't any fictional anymore because you learned how to do it from the masters who did it in the beginning, right? right. Yeah. They're the ones who told us this word means that, mm-hmm. but it literally doesn't mean that. Right. So... Um, you could see over time how we could go from one thing to another thing to another thing, and it it does uh, make sense. It's same kind of thing that happens right now with um, modern events, you know? 
Mm -hmm. Like we see a thing, we get a narrative for it. We don't have a way of checking ourselves. Right. And so we take the narrative and run with it and say, well... Just our experts. They must they know, must right? Know. They mm -hmm. must know. So we yeah. should go do X, Y, Z. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you can put almost any large world-changing event in that place, find that that was uh, made a narrative for that resulted in, in some way, more control. Yeah, more control, power <clears> over <throat> others. Yeah. And you can, uh, when you know, you're aware of it, you can look and say, how can you guys fall for that? Why would you, mm -hmm. why would you believe that story? Another and then, yeah. right? And then, it's like separation. Yeah, us versus them. And that's the other bit about the whole Bible thing. Right. Um, one of the things is, this translator said, we have to understand that this is a book for and about the Jewish people. Not the Jewish people, one tribe. One of. tribe of the Jewish people, that's right. One tribe of the Jewish people. And it pertains only to them. Their There's one tribe, history. There's specific history of and of that tribe of Jewish people, it has nothing to do with Christianity. The Christianity didn't even exist. Yeah, you didn't know? have anything to do with Christianity and or the year, people as a whole. It yeah. just had to do with one tribe's yeah. specific experience. Yeah. And it reminded me a huge amount of flying turtles. Yes. The flying turtles. <laughs> flying turtles. Do you want to give the reference of flying turtles? Yeah. If you go back to, I guess, uh, episode one of the second hour. Yes. You'll find the second so. hour is uh, our subscribe star. Yes, subscribe star. Go to subscribe star. <laughs> well, if you just Get go to subscribe star, you're going go to need to go to it. Uh, what do we have it listed in? Under subscribe star, your name? Yeah, I think so. Is it Inelia Benz? Yeah. Well, if you go to IneliaBenz.com, you'll find a link to the second hour. Second hour podcast, we, we share a uh, regression and we share a literal experience of seeing a UFO in let's say 1200 700 yeah. to 1200 times yeah quite a long time ago seeing them and describing them and the way that i described them in there at the time was yeah. there's three flying turtles yeah because you don't have a language to say it right. let alone translate it right or interpret it in your mind or even interpret what you're seeing you're actually seeing turtles in the sky in the past uh not too distant past see on my shirt Oh, that's the that? Thunderbird. Thunderbird. <laughs> yeah, the Thunderbird. So here, when they saw that, it was a Thunderbird. Yeah. And when I saw it in the plains, it was a flying turtle. Yeah. And in the Bible, it was lightning and chariots, or lightning and, uh, not chariots, lightning and uh, clouds. Yeah. It was moving saucer-shaped clouds with lightning <laughs> coming out of them and a loud noise. <laughs> yeah. So you could see... If you apply a little bit of this, a little bit of set aside our presupposition and just open your mind to looking, you go like, oh, I think I'm starting to understand. But mm -hmm. the thing, the problem, right, is our understanding of those are also flying turtles. Yeah, I, it reminds me of that time when I asked your mom, um, so have you ever seen um, Thunderbird? the Thunderbird? And says, oh, well, I've heard one, but no, 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 you must never look at one. If you go down that beach, the thunderbirds usually come there and you mustn't look at it. I mean, and I said, well, why? What does it look like? Well, the one I saw, he, she said, and other people have said it too. It's very big, gray metal, 
and makes a big noise and you don't look at it because if you look at it, it'll take you away. <laughs> <laughs> and I looked at her and I says, Diana, doesn't that sound like a UFO to you? And she went, hmm. And then she changed the subject. (laughs) (laughs) She said, "Mm, you know, Larry's sister's seen UFOs and she's seen them in lots of different places at the res. (laughs) She said, (laughs) but no, that she didn't equate the two. Culturally, as a Native American, it was too much for her, I think, to equate it. Yeah, well, she doesn't want, she was a very, very um, rooted into the tribe yeah. and that identity as yeah. a new, not new identity, an identity that she could hold on to that was not related to the traumatic ones. Right. So it was right. like a memory of her childhood that was delicious yeah. and yum and innocent and happy. So just root right into that one and let's have that life, yeah. right? <laughs> that's right, yeah. Right, so you don't want to mess up the uh, narrative. No, that's true. That's and that's point. probably probably along the lines of why... Uh, and how this uh, Bible thing continued, because I think it must be the experience of some that they go to those uh, go to churches and they feel that sense of tribe and belonging mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, specialness and selectedness mm-hmm. and on the right path and um, probably a respite from maybe their the illusion of separation, illusion. right? I don't know. I don't know, but I know when I was reading the Bible, when I give it a try, because it's like, well, the most popular book on the whole planet, I better look at it at least. And I tried. It didn't ring right. Even saying the most important book in the, on the whole planet, is, it's a falsehood, because it isn't. Right? Sure is. They go to every hotel. It's in it there. Is, yeah, but it, it's, it's an illusion. It's a marketing ploy. Well, it's a good it's one. It's not actually real or true for the majority of the planet. Well, I, don't, I, haven't, I have no way of measuring it. Yeah. But I believe you. <laughs> but at, at the point, the point I'm trying to make is when I read through it before I knew we had the truthing exercise, which mm-hmm. is something that you've taught, we had a class on. Mm-hmm. So if you're interested in another thing, go to NellieBenz.com, look up the truthing exercise. Truthing class. Mm-hmm. Truthing it's the class. exercise, isn't it? Yeah. So when I was reading that book, I was really trying to connect with it because, I mean, I, it's so big were, to yeah. so many. I was like, what's here? What's right. here? So I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking, and it didn't truth, mm. honestly. Mm-hmm. It didn't truth. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know there was a truthing, but it didn't truth. Right. So I kind of just dropped it. I was like, well, I don't know what's wrong, but I can't, can't, connect. can't ingest yeah. it. Yeah. When I read the Naked, Naked Bible book, and then I see the literals parts and how it's actually was written that makes sense then i was like oh this is kind of interesting so i had in the past thrown away that bad translation calling Mm -hmm. it useless but in fact it is relatively interesting if it's Mm -hmm. read correctly right right and it isn't a book that i would say hey base the entire life your entire life on but it is a book that's becoming relevant in its uh, original um storyline Because you have to guess, or you have to know, or you have to come to the conclusion, right? If a couple thousand years or more or less ago, more. More, because there's supposed to be Jesus, right? Two thousand years ago. So many thousand years, let's say. (coughs) Mm -hmm. I don't remember the number. These things were going on. Where are they? Did they just leave? 
the whoever was here. Mm -hmm. The Elohim. 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 Who, by the way, created uh, men. Yes. And they were called, and they didn't create all men, or maybe they did, but this particular group created an Adam. Yes. And Adam is an Adamite also. Mm -hmm. An Adamite was a male human mm, hybrid with a hybridization of a, like a homo erectus type person mm -hmm. mixed with their Elohim's DNAs to give them uh, the ability to conceive and understand and communicate and hear instructions. Right. right? <laughs> go do this. And they say, okay, I'll go do that. You know, that kind of a thing. Yeah. yeah. But the Elohim's lived um, several thousand years, mm -hmm. 10,000 or better. Yes. And the Adamites, they were very long-lived as well, but their lives were Shorter. in the thousand-year range. Yeah. Or 2,000, something like that, right? thousand or thereabouts. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then they shortened it more as and it, more. Right, as it mm -hmm. became more and more diluted, their lifespan became shorter and shorter and shorter when they um, well, had their experiences of this the, and that. It's written slightly differently. Is it? Yeah, because... They were saying, make sure that, that they'd never find out the technology of long, of, life. Of long life or the, the methods of long life. And if they did, the consequence was, because... do you remember what the consequence was no. of them having long They would grow up. Oh, that's right. So it's everything we've been talking about. All if you, of long, the things if you you've live been long enough, about. you grow up and then you challenge your parents. Right? <laughs> well, <laughs> or I guess you don't in a way, need you, your parents you don't anymore. Need them. You're not dependent. Yeah. I think it was something around a thousand to thirteen hundred years old was how old uh, they were when they started to have children. Yes, exactly. Which is everything I've been teaching for a long time now. Mm -hmm. I thought that was so. Well, th this is one of the things that I have or I do in life is I hear you tell a thing, you'll tell us a thing, a data point, like. Humans live a lot longer than a hundred years. A hundred years are infants. Yeah. And I mean, you shouldn't even think about having children until you're three or four hundred years old. Yeah. <laughs> That's absurd. And I look at that and I go like, can't do not compute. Does, does not, not compute. compute. It's like very interesting, but. But then you start finding. What do it I everywhere. do about that? Where do I take that information and do with it? Because yeah. right now I can't. It's in even, the Bible. <laughs> I can't even conceive you would live longer than a few like. Decades. 80, 100 years old, yeah. the 100 plus year olds I see are, you know, mostly Real crippled and shriveled and, and, yeah. and yeah. dehydrated and desiccated. And as we move through our experience, I find the Brown's gas and Hydrate I find you. that, oh, my battery is running low. Wait, that shouldn't happen. Why is that happening? It's impossible. Inconceivable. Oh, I know. We've got disconnected. Hold on. Oh my goodness. Yep, here, there it is. You know what happens with distractions, right? Something important is about to happen. That means you better listen. You better listen. That was Brown's gas. So Brown's gas is a component important. of our basic human existence, I yes. suppose. Yes, That uh, those who reintroduce it into their body start living and looking longer. much younger, much faster. Because yeah. they're completely depleted of... Whatever is it, right? Yeah. There. Is that okay? Yep. Oh, and then as we go on further, we find uh, that the basic, uh, well, the basic nutrition, the basic foods, the basic everything that we exist in has been toxified to a degree that 
we're our ability to detoxify is suppressed. Right. So, so we, we build up to toxins. Do, so we need to integrate to, detoxification systems that actually work and are effective. Our ability to, to accept energy from the sun, the for sun example, and the plants. is interfered with by yes. things like chemtrails. chemtrails. Our ability to, our heavy, well, it's all intertwined together. Mm -hmm. It's like, name all of the things you can do to cut off humans from the ability to live a long and healthy and productive life. Keep them at a young age mm -hmm. so they don't grow up. I, what, why, but why? Or mature even in any ways, right? The schooling system is designed to keep an immature mind, a mind that can't go into depth, into anything. In fact, from one subject to another, to another, to another, to another, to another, all day long. So the brain doesn't develop the ability to go into depth. And because if you go into depth about anything, you see it. So if you yeah. don't, if you can't see it because you can't go into depth, somebody tells you, you know, the trees are blue and you go, oh, okay, they're blue. <laughs> Suddenly they're blue. <laughs> they were, honey. They were blue? Remember the Saturn stuff? That was purple. Whatever. Purple is blue. What do you mean, whatever? Purple There's is... There's a huge difference purple between and blue, blue and purple. Purple and blue are very close. No, they're very yes, different. Purple is a hue of blue. Okay, I'm going to paint your bathroom purple. I would rather it's blue. <laughs> <laughs> okay, back to what I was saying. Uh-huh. Which was... I don't know. As you said something, you said, well, humans don't even mature. Yeah. They they live a young life and they don't mature to the age that they should. They have kids way before they're they actually capable to, yeah. and should be having children. Yeah. Well, we'll read the Naked Bible translation and it turns out in the Naked Bible, in the literal story of that time, the humans of the time lived a thousand years. Yeah. And that's actually uh, allegedly still in the Bible. About that. It is still yeah. in the Bible, but yeah. th we think of them as allegory mm. or as... Uh, what they mean is... I don't know what they mean, what but, mean you know... Is, is we, when they say they live thousands of years... That proves supernatural because, yeah. like, humans don't... People don't live for a couple thousand right. or ten thousand yeah. years. So they and were here, <laughs> they were having kids at a thousand three hundred, and you can't even live that long. Right. So, obviously, it's not true. Yeah. We'll tell you what it means. Right. What right? it means is... What it means is blah, blah, the power blah. of God. If you just come here, I'll explain it to you. Yeah. Anyway, besides all of that, I found that data that you had delivered matched the literal Naked Bible translation also. And I was like, hmm. Hmm. So when I'm truthing and when I'm in getting the data from you and one time you say this, like, I can't even, I think we're on our first hour, so we're not allowed to say that. No. Things that, like, um, get us banned from. Get us banned. From all the YouTube. Oh, we have to whatever. say words <laughs> that the AI doesn't understand. Like, right, right. Um, oh, 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 how do we say it? No, we don't. Don't go there. Well, the things that With you the... said aren't real, that don't the exist. Illusions? That, that they say that these are things and that <laughs> they do this to you. And you said, those aren't things. They aren't even real things. I looked. And not only is this not real, those aren't that. Yeah. There is none of those. Yeah. I'm, I'm being a little bit obtuse, obviously, but... Go to the second hour if you want to know you more. You want to know where else I... Yeah, when you go to the second hour. <laughs> Which we also got banned, actually, for... <laughs> but we moved services, so now oh. the second hour won't be banned. Well, wherever, however things get banned or whatever... 
there's always ways around and through. Mm -hmm. So whatever way there is, we'll go around and through. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, these things weren't real. You told me they weren't real. And I said, no, honey, don't say that. People think you're crazy. Yeah. And you said, yeah, I know. I'm scared. You didn't say you're scared, but. <laughs> no. So that sucks because <sighs> now sucks. delivering the power of message of empowerment is going to be so much harder. But actually the reverse is true. The reverse is true. People heard that and they clicked. You know, it's like it's clicked on for them. It clicked. It resonated truth. And if I was saying the truth, when everybody else wasn't, they followed that truth line and they found the, the empowerment work. So it worked really well. Cooties, that's what it is. Cooties? Cooties. Cooties, yeah. Yeah, if you get cooties. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So cooties <laughs> aren't real. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, when I it. looked, when I looked, I found, for crying out, oh my gosh, you're right. <sighs> How yeah. could I have fallen for that this whole time? Well, the way is, is because I never looked. Yeah. Why would you even look? Why? It's just like the exactly. trees are green, of course. Duh. If we don't I need to look. If I don't look, I don't see either. And that's mm -hmm. why I love to do Q&As and things like that and having these conversations that you ask really interesting questions. And it walk with me now. People ask some amazing questions. I love it because if somebody doesn't ask, I don't look. I, I don't know. I don't know what to look at. I don't know what you know. I don't know what you don't know. I don't know what I don't know. <laughs> and I don't know what I know. Right? And, but you I don't know I what's have, interesting either. Exactly. So I do have the capacity to see, though. If somebody asks something, I, I, have, I do have that capacity. Or we do have that capacity to see. Because it's an expanded awareness. It's more than one singular thing. You can, we, we, we are a species and also collectives that we're part of can see more than just one singular person and I do have that capacity to move in and out of that expanded awareness and that's what I, I teach also the tools that I do is for that for everybody to remember how to do that right mm -hmm. and start practicing those muscles you know but we started talking about ETs that yeah well we are talking about ETs yes yeah yes we this are whole about thing ETs. is ETs, ETs and you got we have to remember we're talking about ETs at the level of uh, um, basically we're beginning to scratch past the flying turtles interpretation, past the cloud that has lightning in it and moves and people come out of with lights on it mm -hmm. and wheels past the flying bird with thunder that comes out mm -hmm. that bird. teaches you how to eat. Mm -hmm. When you're starving, because here's a whale, and I can go get a whale, yeah. bring it to the beach and teach you how to get one. Be past that, that, but we're still not there. Yeah. I have to feel like since... Did you know that yesterday was UFO day around the world? No. I didn't even know that existed. But I didn't know that was such a thing. Yeah. I don't know if it's the first year or, or it's always been there, but yeah. So it's, it's getting introduced back into the human collective. And like we talked about, right, that this year they're going to play that card. Well, this the ET no, card. What, what you said specifically in your looking at 2022, mm -hmm. and again, there's a free first hour episode, Driving to the Res, where we talked about that, right? Yes. And there's a second hour episode of that scene in there. Yeah. There was an entire presentation of it, too. Mm -hmm. One of the things that you said in there was that UFOs become important, and they become, they had an... Uh, uh, it's like 
this is gonna probably happen, but that also will be taken out of context by mm -hmm. others to use in um, the script. The script of fear, fear split, fear, yeah. sp fear split stuff. Yeah, I'm trying to yes. say it. It's like, okay, the tide's gonna come in, or the sun's gonna be eclipsed by the moon, or whatever story. That's gonna probably happen, but it's going to be fed to you in a way that creates fear. That creates fear, which clearly it shouldn't. Right, and the fear. And the motion, fear, creates realities. Right. And fear is being propagated on the planet, left, right and centre, and in, in waves over and over and over again. And this is one of the fear waves. An invisible enemy, or maybe partly visible, you don't understand, you can't do anything against, or whatever. So it's going to be fearful for the human collective. And people, I mean, I, I could never understand all these UFO people. Not all of them, but a lot of them would say, we want disclosure. We want to force the government to give us disclosure. And like disclosure is about the government and what the government says about UFOs. When they say, yeah, they're real, then we'll can all believe it, finally. But I've always said, if the government says something about the UFOs, no, it's a lie. <laughs> yeah. Because they're not going to say anything true about UFOs. They're going to use it as a way to disempower you, as a way to make you fearful. So, and we've seen the dialogue growing. I mean, we fell for that company, didn't we, of that act, that musician? Oh, T TTSA, yes. yes. And um, all their dialogues, I mean, we've been listening to them, it's all injecting and seeding fear, using tiny little words, you know, all the time, aerial threat, and terrified of what might happen. And we don't know who these people are and what they're going to do to us. And all these language bits, key language seeding that they're putting in around UFOs. They even changed the word UFO because it didn't have the 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 weight of fear in it, right? An identified flying object. So it's now it's a unknown aerial phenomenon. aerial phenomenon, you know. So it's like. An aerial threat, that's what they're using, another sentence they're using is aerial threat, another name. So these are the things that are happening and then they're kind of keeping that ace up their sleeve. And when the time comes, they may use that to, and by they, I mean the people who are in charge of carrying out the choice of the human collective that wants to continue with a power over others reality. Which isn't? Specifically, dark workers. No, the majority actually are light workers. So, uh, or light beings, I should say. Dark workers, they are, okay. actually, all of them. Yeah. But a lot of them are light beings. So, be aware of this, know this, and know that our history with beings from other dimensions and other planets is ancient. We are those beings. We are hybrids of those beings. And... By design, we not only affect the human collective creation on Earth, but also the whatever hybrid genetic material and ultra-dimensional material we carry with us. And even our souls, we could say, are alien to this universe. And there have been people who have spoken about the soul, it's a colonization of this universe, right? Souls yeah, by are souls. colonizing this universe. 
and they've they're succeeding right? <laughs> so we see souls as a very positive thing because we are that we are souls and in physical and and physical bodies together to make a human being so we see souls as very positive and of course we are positive people and souls generally speaking are very interested in exploring and finding out or having experiences in the physical universe and that all that of course is why souls chose to a lot of souls chose to continue in the in the power of others game so no judgment there um but it's a choice so when i say they will use this information to make you fearful or to split us again another topic that will split us uh, make us versus them energy uh, be aware of it don't fall for it right don't fall for it yeah so how to become immune to uh, these machinations i suppose how to become um how to be critical of the story you're told what are some of the red flags i suppose that'd Fear. be reasonable red flags so is there nothing to be afraid of correct oh jeez fear and helplessness okay those are the ones that when stories or news or whatever's come in if they if they generate those energies in you be aware there's a big massive red flags so if you're afraid of let's say Trump being president afraid of Trump being president i mean the most absurd thing in the world but there are plenty of people who are afraid of the consequence of Trump being president for mm -hmm. example yeah. or afraid of Biden continuing to be president mm -hmm. or afraid of um cooties mm -hmm. or afraid of i guess getting the cutie cure mm -hmm. yeah shouldn't be afraid of those things or afraid of uh unidentified aerial phenomena threats mm -hmm. that you um anything that the news is it says you need to be afraid, afraid that you won't have any water or food or you need to be afraid gas. you're not going to have any fuel fuel you're not going to have any electricity mm -hmm. you're going to be too hot you're going to be too cold mm -hmm. your house is going to be destroyed by odd weather bad mm. weather forest fires etc 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 whenever it's you need to be afraid that's your red flag yes so what do we do first thing is process your fear process your fear about that thing yes do you know anything about processing your fear you can go to inelevens.com <laughs> the fear processing exercise right there for you to grab and use is right there for you so uh, your first totally inkling uh, your first <laughs> inkling of oh my gosh do that do that yeah if you have another one another way of handling fear share share if you have a successful method that i'm i have this fear and then in a, a process of 10 minutes maximum five minutes even i guess it could be an hour mm -hmm. some process that at the end of it that fear is no longer a controller of your um decision right share it. this one that you have brought in Geez, it, la it takes about two minutes. It can. Some and other, sometimes some, it takes repeat. Yeah, sometimes you have to repeat it over and over again until it, it actually addresses it. Usually when we misidentify who is afraid. Yeah. And often it's between ourselves and our physical body. Right, that's a key. Usually when it takes a long time, it's because we're, we're addressing it in the wrong way. 
-hmm. when our physical body is afraid of something and we are not, that's can be, you know, it's like, okay, you know, I'm going to process spiders, but I'm not afraid of spiders, right? But our physical body might be. Yeah, just go right? touch one, watch what happens. Yeah. So, or yeah. snakes, or you know, yeah. these kind of physical body fears and, and uh, usually soul body fears—they're different. Yes, and usually uh, fear of death is a physical body thing, mm -hmm. right? But sometimes it can be soul. I don't want to leave right now. You know, I don't want to go right now. It could be a soul one. So and it could be both. It could be a body, physical body thing, and 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 a soul one, a soul one. Um, I remember years ago when I was experimenting with sun gazing, like when you do it at dawn or at dusk, right? Mm -hmm. That's when the safe time so you can do sun gazing. And I would say now the period of time that you can do it, it used to be an hour at dawn and a, an hour at dusk before and after, right? Be, uh, after dawn for an hour and before dusk for an hour. Um, now I think it's shorter because the sun is more intense. Uh, but anyways, when I was experimenting with that, and I started experimenting with it because I read somewhere that sun gazing cleared your, uh, what is that gland that we have here? Pituitary? Yeah, it cleared your pituitary gland. So, oh, yeah, I really need that. So I'm going to do that. Um, I don't know why I said I needed it. <laughs> <laughs> Probably did. I don't know. Um, so I'm going to experiment to see if it's true. So I did it. And after six months of doing it, one morning, one afternoon, it was an evening actually, one evening, I was outside and my feet in the grass, looking at the sunset. And then I knew and I heard in an experiential way, my body saying, we don't have to eat ever again. We don't have to eat if we don't want to. We can live healthily, getting all our nourishment through sun gazing. We don't actually need to eat. I remember thinking a couple of things at the time. One of them was... We better teach this to everybody so that if they ever try, they again, right? If in on the earth we ever, we ever try to do some sort of famine, it won't be it will be relevant because everybody doesn't need food. They just eat it because they want to. And the other thought was, wait, if I do it, then I lose my physical connection with Gaia and with other people because it's a very social thing. At least in my culture. And so I looked at those two things and, and I thought, oh, and strawberries and cream, strawberries and chocolate are so yummy. I don't think I want to give it up. <laughs> so I said, no, I think I'll pass on that. But at the same time, I didn't have to eat very much. I remember I could get through, through the day, day after day, a spoonful of food, a couple of spoonfuls, maybe half half a plate of something for the whole day and I was perfectly fine I did not lose weight yes I used to be very skinny but I was always very skinny and now it's the only time that I'm not skinny but on my entire life I was extremely skinny it didn't matter how much I ate or how little I ate I didn't lose weight and I didn't gain weight um I did lose weight at some point at one point when I was pregnant when my third pregnancy I lost weight I, I became like skeletal it was horrible um, because I had an allergic reaction to the pregnancy. Um, but anyways, apart from that, even then I used to get have to have blood tests to make sure that my body wasn't consuming itself. And it wasn't. So even then, somehow I was getting nourishment from somewhere. But I, I, I did lose weight then. Uh, but any other time I did not. So 
even though my diet changed after that and I didn't even notice it. But I remember thinking during the day, mm, I think I really fancy something like a steak or salad or strawberries or cream and, you know, chocolate or whatever. And I would eat it, you know. I remember going out with people and some people would invite me out like uh, friends and whatever or students and we'd go somewhere to eat and I would order, you know, like, oh my goodness, this is so delicious and blah, blah, blah. And I would order it and I would start eating and I would eat like one, two, three, four spoonfuls and that was it, you know. Uh, and I'd never noticed it until somebody pointed it out. I think it was you actually. We went out one time and we were with Lance White, Arizona Mystic, hi Lance, <laughs> and other friends, and we all ordered some really delicious food, and um, and I remember having a couple of spoonfuls, well, I think maybe you pointed it out, and I don't know if, uh, and one or I think it was Lance, I said, hey, you know, eat some more, you know, it's like, it's delicious, eat some more, you need it, and I think you said, no, she never eats more than two or three yeah. <laughs> spoonfuls <laughs> That's it, that's all she needs. And I'm like, really? Oh, I never even noticed. <laughs> Except for spaghetti bolognese. Except for spaghetti bolognese. And it would eat a big bowl and <laughs> disappeared. <laughs> but like I said, it didn't make any difference, right? Mm -hmm. uh, with regards to weight. Uh, so I knew then, and I thought, yeah, that would be a good one for everybody to start learning. Stand on the grass or the sand or the earth. and But the grass, I think, is a key, you know green maybe i don't know and then watch the sunset or watch the sunrise but i think it's less than an hour now before it becomes you know it burns your eyes out so being very gentle with it being careful and start like the the, the methodology that i learned is you start with five seconds you know you look one two three four five and then you look away that's it the first day and the next day you increase it by so many seconds, right? Mm -hmm. So I would, I was increasing it like I, as, as long as I was comfortable and then I would stop. Comfortable, I would stop. And then at six months that I had that experience. But I remember thinking that, you know, this would stop our physical bodies being afraid of hunger, right? And that's empowering. That's very, very, very empowering. But of course, there's other ways in which you can stop your body fearing, fearing starvation. Like I spoke about a year, two years ago, maybe, and maybe even three years ago now. Get some food that lasts 25 years. Just get it. You may never use it and you probably won't. But your body feels great. And your body cannot be manipulated into fear of lack of food. Especially if you have children. Um, through all this dialogue and discourse that's happening, the scripts that's happening on the planet right now. And it's all to, to create fear. It's all about creating fear. Why? Because fear is an emotion. It's a strong emotion. And our emotions as human beings create reality. So if there's a large group of people who have chosen to continue in a power of others game, they need fear. They need that creation, that power of creation of fear. That's why we mustn't go there. That's why we have to take steps to not go in there. Because as awakened individual, we're very powerful. Right. Was <laughs> there anything else you wanted to add? Well, that's the part that was key, which was the red flag, which was fear. Which isn't to say, don't be street smart. 
That's right. You have to be street smart. Like I said, get get food that will last you 25 years. They sell it all over the place nowadays. <laughs> Costco, I see. Costco, yeah. They have great packets there. Um, or other things, you know, like address the ways in which that fear might be manipulated for you. Address it, right? Or even think through it. I can't remember that guy's name. He was really cool. I thought at the time, um, and he taught, he said he was, he had this illness um, that he was afraid of everything. I can't remember what mm, that is called. I never heard that. Yeah. We listened to him together and he was saying what he did was to plan for the worst and he would have planned. So, oh, I can't oh, go on paranoid. holiday. Paranoid, that's it. Paranoid. He had like clinical paranoia, right? That he would be in diagnosed of it and everything and he said he wouldn't he had a company and he wouldn't go on holiday because he was afraid he that when he was on holiday the IRS would go to his company and close it that was it it was like completely logical so he decided to do this exercise he'd learned from somebody else actually and he would plan for it so I said okay I'm going on holiday and I'm going to have an attorney and an accountant that are they specialize in IRS audits and I'm going to have them on my speed dial. So if the IRS calls me saying they're going to my company, I can speed dial these people and they go, they're going to rush over to my offices and take care of everything. And he was able to go on holiday and he really enjoy himself, right? Because he, he was in a point where if he didn't go on holiday, it would take time for himself and his family. His wife was going to divorce him oh, or yeah. something, right? something like that. Huh? So that wasn't good. And saved his marriage, you know. So that's how some of the other tools. I don't remember where he learned it, but some of the tools that you can use as well when you go into fear is like, okay, so what do I do in that case? So we had a little bit of that here at our hill house. It's like, okay, so we need electricity to be able to have water. At the top here. At the top of the hill. Because the water comes all the way from the bottom of the hill to the top of the hill. So if we don't have power then how do we get our water up here and we went through all the different scenarios and ways and which ways we can do it and suddenly the fear went away because this ways we got it covered we got right? it covered got even it covered. all the way to we just go down to the lake with a bucket yeah exactly <laughs> we go to the lake and get a bucket and we'll and put a can... bucket pack on our giant dog there you go <laughs> and he can carry the water up the hill all day long with a smile yes <laughs> we should get him a camel back Yes. <laughs> the little water tanks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so... But we, we mitigated all of the ways. Yes. And we looked at it and said, yes. well, if there's no power for a while, we have sun and we little solar sun. things and a little yeah. generator thing. We can mm -hmm. pump some that way. Mm -hmm. If we don't have fuel even, you know. Right. And it's right. not that far that we can't walk. And there's mm -hmm. like a million gallons right over there. Mm -hmm. We can even just drink it out of a straw if we yeah. want or boil it or a billion ways. So it's like... If we have no water, the convenient, easy way, right? we can still have it. Yes. Maybe less convenient. Maybe less convenient. But certainly and absolutely not hard or unobtainable. Exactly. So this is the type of things we can think about. And even though, and here it rains a lot too. So, and we have some big tanks, we can fill those up. And we got 600 gallons of rain right yes. next to us in a big, huge bite. Exactly. Yeah. So this is the type of things that we can think about ourselves 
um, go through the process of what ifs until you have solutions for everything. And then you're covered. You're good. And you step, the, the important part is step out of fear. Fear feed is feeding the beast. That's it. Fear feeds the beast, okay? Fear feeds the beast. Remember this. So don't go there. Process your fear. Take care of your physical body's fears, right? And make sure that you're covered. And at the end of the day, you could say, well, I'm in a situation where I'm screwed because, you know, I don't have access to water, I don't have access to food, and blah, 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 and this and this and the other. Start sun gazing. <laughs> or move. <laughs> or move. Yeah. You're not stuck. I can't move. I can't stuck yet. It's just inconvenient. Sure. Inconvenient. inconvenient sure. Yeah. It... I remember once a lady said, um, I'm afraid to, um, I, you know, I'm afraid because... I'm in a low-frequency job, and I can't give it up because if I do, I lose my home, and I won't be able to pay my bills or for food and this and this and the other. But it was mostly her home. I'm going to lose my home, mm-hmm. and my where am I going to put my kids and my husband? And where what are we going to do? If if I lose my job, I can't lose my job. And I said, actually, that's not what you're afraid of. You lose. You're going. You're afraid of losing your lifestyle. Yeah. Right. What you're conveniently used to. But you're going to be fine. There's lots of bridges where you live. You can live under a bridge. I don't want to do that. Exactly. That's a choice point. I do not want to live under a bridge with my kids and my husband. I don't want to do that. That's different to saying, I'm going to lose everything. It's going to be over. My I'm going to die and everybody's going to die and blah, 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 blah. It's a, you want to, oh, nice, beautiful home where you open the faucet the water comes out you switch on the lights the lights are on you have internet you have your computers all your preciouses all your kids have all their devices right your husband has all his bits and bobs that he needs and wants that's what you want that's what we're talking about here let's be realistic it's not a life death situation here this is your choice now if you want to keep that and this is your lifestyle choice is it worth keeping that job? Yes. There you go. All that tension about her job being for hollow frequency was over. Because it was worth it. So she could keep her lifestyle. Hmm. That was it. And then she was happy. <clears throat> and then things started improving at work. <laughs> and it became less low frequency. Yes, it became less low frequency. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and opportunities come to Because she stepped out of that fear mode, right? Mm-hmm. As soon as she stepped out of the fear mode... Her frequency increased, and by default, her entire life changed for the better. Yes. It's amazing. It's amazing. Amazing. So aliens, don't fall for the fear. Yep. So process your fear, and then um, since you're going to have probably many possible interpretations, know that you're seeing flying turtles, in a sense, this... What you see is flying turtles. Yes. And so when you're seeing flying turtles, it helps to be with a group to interpret what you're seeing. Yeah. So you don't, you know, just create a, a create mm-hmm. a, a, a not supportive narrative mm-hmm. about what it is you're experiencing. Yes. Process. And a little bit of disclosure here. 
A lot of those vehicles that people see yeah. are actually done by humans. Some are, yes. Yeah, a lot of them. I was just listening to Richard Dolan had a presentation on UFOs. Mm -hmm. as a yearlier, bi-yearlier, whatever one. And one of the things that he did was some back-of-the-tablecloth mathematical calculations. And by his very extremely conservative, based on the number of reports that he himself receives, he gave a calculation that was somewhere over, over a thousand UFO sightings every single day on the planet. Mm -hmm. 400 plus, over 400 um, per, I don't know, day in the U.S. alone, mm -hmm. 10,000 a year plus, mm -hmm. based on the ones that are collected, which isn't all of them, of course. It's only the ones that somebody called somebody and said it and saved it. <laughs> Those ones, there's 10,000 in a year, mm. 400 in a day. And on the planet, you know, there's places they don't even have the mechanism to collect the data. Mm -hmm. So hugely underreported and... Uh, Specifically, the ones where people visit with non-terrestrials, we'll say Elohims even. <laughs> those ones, they don't even have a place to record it. And so those aren't even reported hardly at all, except for anecdotally. And most people don't even share it with other people. Mm. So, which is to say that um, it's much, much, much more common than we would be led to believe. Mm. And... Uh, in spite of the fact that you probably or you might have like one or two or three maybes in your life or a maybe in your life, most often we have been set up heuristically, right? Mm -hmm. We don't see it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We don't see it because that's how we've been <clears throat> brain entrained. Yeah. Because uh, if you think about it, the whatever we're here in 5,000 and 2,000, whatever that lived 10,000 years and the Adamites of a thousand years and five hundred years and two thousand those aren't gone mm -hmm. they are still here. Why would they leave or abandon right right <laughs> but our flying turtles um, reality of them has them as unidentified aerial phenomena that we can't see. Or if we do see, it's just a light that fizzles, yes. fizzles around. Fizzles around. And if we have a uh, another experience much beyond that, we often don't remember or consciously recall it. Yes. And if we see something, as you experienced, as I'm sure we've heard the stories, like uh, Bashar driving down the freeway and the mm -hmm. UFO's right in the middle of the road driving along with him and nobody's looking. <laughs> yes. Or the one you saw above the mall and there's everybody's yeah. in the mall and there's a UFO right above the mall and nobody's <laughs> looking at it. Right. You don't see everything, it's there. Right, right. <laughs> so as that changes, there's the obvious introduction of fear. So process your fear. Yeah. Read things and understand things. Stay hooked up with their tribe. Uh, yeah, I think it's a, I think there's more to talk about on this topic. Yeah. I mean, we're at, a, we're at an hour <laughs> and a little bit now. We've basically touched on the Elohim, God, uh, ETs. Um, cooties, uh, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of things. I think we should uh, probably get into more Religion. detail and more uncensored. I guess censored isn't the right word. We will call it, in order to speak openly, we need to have those who can hear 
show up. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And if you can hear, you know where to go. Yeah. And spread the word, please. And also help us with our um, uh, months of manifestation. So walk with me now. Oh, yeah. To and talk about this. Yeah. So we have July and August are months of manifestation and walk with me now. And we do a lot of exercises and support each other in our manifestations for that for those two months. Personal, uh, Walk With Me Now one, and a global one for the High Frequency Collective. So if you're interested, join Walk With Me Now now <laughs> and get, get on it, get on that. But also you can support us in one of our public one. The High Frequency Collective one is to gather um, 2 million subscribers for our newsletters. And the newsletter that we have right now is ineliabenz.com slash subscribe. So share that. Make sure you're subscribed and then share it with everybody you know. Every light worker that you know, share it. We're going to be sharing a lot of information this year on that newsletter. And it's going to be key information. So share it. Okay, if you like this podcast, if you like what we're talking about, if we like our tools, do it. Stop being shy. Stop being selfish and keeping it just for yourself. Share it. Let's reach that two million mark. And then when we reach that two million mark, you'll know why. Why? (laughs) And I say it then because actually I don't know why we received this guidance. But I know it's important. I know it's critical actually for the human collective right now. For us, our choice. For our choices. So let's do that. Sounds good. Yeah. Thank you, honey. I love you. Love you. You too, BBB. Yes, BBs.